Thank you for joining us for Three Bees on the Law podcast, hosted by Trisha Barita, Camille Canali, and Susan Dawson. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. and welcome to another episode of Three Bs on the Law. Today we're following up on our business startup series and we're going to talk about LLC operating agreements. Um, if you choose to have a limited liability company, the operating agreement is probably the most important document you're going to have other than the document you file with the Secretary of State. And what this document does is it sets the rules for your organization. And so it talks about how your organization is uh, formed. It talks about the decision of ownership. It talks about how you're going to be managed, who has voting rights, whether you have voting or non-voting members, how the capital contributions are going to be made, the distribution of profit and losses, membership changes and transfer. And of course, you have to plan for the end at the beginning, the dissolution potentially of the LLC. Um, this operating agreement is so important because it also helps you establish who owns the LLC and it protects your status um, in the event that there's litigation or someone is trying to come in to claim ownership. This document is really what controls. And I know, Susan, some of these uh, items in the operating agreement are more important than others. Um, and I know you were talking about the management and how you make decisions within that organization can be one of the most important things that goes into this operating agreement. Right. So, you know, when you have an operating, when you have an LLC that has more than one member, that's really when the operating agreement comes into place. And then you talk about how do you make decisions? And if you say, well, we have to agree on everything. Well, I always say, so <laughs> if I'm going to go, well, if I'm going to go buy pens, do I have to get your permission? Right. I mean, what do you and then, and then the clients look at me, and go, well, no, 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 no. I said, OK, so what is everything? What is what are those things that you need to get together and talk about and discuss? And I know we've talked on other podcasts about how we don't have to make this plan forever. Right. When you're when you're setting these documents in place, this is not the deal for the next 50 years. This is your deal now. In my firm, my 13 year existence, we're on like version four. Now we're lawyers. So of course we rewrite everything, but we're on like version four of our operating agreement, right? So it's okay if you if you have to change it and update it later. But what you wanna know is right now, what is the deal? What do you have to agree on? And then you wanna be reasonable. Give some people some flexibility to go out and buy pens when you need to buy pens. But in your business, is it, is it $10,000 you need to agree upon? Uh, or can someone go buy, are you in a manufacturing facility and someone could go sign a $250,000 equipment lease, right? Um, what about if you're going to get a bank loan? Now, banks will set their own rules, but it's good to have it in your agreement. What if you're going to sign a lease? What if you want to bring in another, another member to the LLC? These are the things that you should be talking about. What do you need to talk about? What do you need to agree upon? If you're 50-50, 
then generally it's what do you both have to agree on and what can one person do? If there's, if you're 60, 40, you could have different um, or, or you know, 70, 30 different arrangements. Or what if there's three or four or five of you, maybe in that case, if there's five of you, you need the majority. Okay. But whenever you have two or four or six, any even number, you also need to think about deadlocks, which is when, if you need a majority vote, you can't get there, right? You have two members and you say, majority or unanimous and the two of you can't agree who breaks the deadlock how does that work so these are some topics that i work through a lot and a lot of businesses don't really think about as being things they need to have set out because they think they're just going to work it out which largely they do but this is also where a lot of litigation comes because if you want to get somebody out this is where you go well, you're not following the operating agreement you're in breach so it's important that they agree on these um up front when everyone's getting along. Right. And it's also a great way to plan for hopefully anticipated growth as well um, in there in advance, I think. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. What about you, Trisha? What do you see as one of the more important areas for these operating agreements? I think it's a good idea to have one um, in Texas. <laughs> uh, in Texas, you know, you can have an LLC and not have one. And then the organization code holds and nobody reads organization code. So uh, they don't know what's going on and they don't know what the rules are. So um, if you have the operating agreement, it's it's key to knowing how the business is going to work and, and to make votes. I think I think like what Camille said with adding in um, new members and how that works and having an understanding of how they're going to have rights, it would be good for you to, to decide that as early as you can because when it comes time to add someone, if you decide you want to bring in a new member, um, it you know you want to make sure that that person isn't now going to overwrite the rights that you had originally. So, um, and and sorting out you know of course whether or not it's going to be member managed and manager managed based on how you filed with the Secretary of State and explaining what that is. Um, and and because I think many many. Um, Many, many people <laughs> file for an LLC, at least here in Texas, and they check one of those and they don't really know what it means. Well, the operating agreements where you kind of define that because the manager doesn't necessarily even have to be a member, right? So at least here in the state of Texas. Right. And I think one of the other really important terms that we haven't quite talked about, but obviously everybody or most everybody goes into business to make money and talking about how the money is going to be distributed and how the losses are going to be handled up front so that everybody knows what to expect. Everybody knows how the accounting is going to be done. You know, some of the ugliest um, cases I've seen have been fights over, you know, money from a business that people, you know, poured their souls into and has fallen apart. And so talking about how that is going to work and what that's going to look like I think up front is really important. So everybody knows what to expect as well. What do you guys think? For, for, for sure. Uh, one of the things I see as important is that definition of when do you have proceeds that can be distributed? It sounds simple, right? If we made money, we distribute out. Well, what about reserves? You can't, you don't want to distribute out to zero every time you made money. The company needs money to exist and to operate. So what does that look like? How do you make that decision? And who gets to decide when money gets distributed out? It's uh, right. And are you yeah. going to set um, goals or a percentage that will be reinvested into the business 
before things are distributed. I think those are all um, really important things to think about as you're setting this up um, for healthy growth. I think something else that um, I see a lot uh, that's over missed is, is people think, well, I want to grow the business and I need some more money and I want to add a person. So they, you know, they come to me and they say, I want to add another member to the LLC. And I, sometimes I talk to them about, you know, there's other options to get funding than adding a member to the LLC because they don't really realize how much of your rights you give up when you do that. And you could very well take the money of an investor and bring them on as an investor to the LLC and never give them all the rights that a member of an LLC would have. And um, having an understanding of how all that works, um, I think the operating agreement is the first piece to understand that because people just think, okay, yeah, I'll give this person a percentage and that person a percentage. But if your operating agreement says every member gets a vote versus based off a percentage of how much your vote counts, you could just give away your rights right there and being the majority vote and thinking, well, I should, I had the, you know, this many percentages um, of how much I should be owning ownership and being able to vote. But really, if you don't understand the operating agreement and how the voting works um, and then just bringing in members um, in an effort to try to fund whatever it is that the, the company is trying to accomplish, I think you could really dilute the power that you have in the company. And I've seen it happen in unfortunate situations for sure. Right. And nothing is worse than ending up in a litigation situation um, and you haven't followed your operating agreement and someone's trying to pierce the veil to go after people personally. You know, that's always um, a not fun situation to potentially be in. So once you have that operating agreement, you need to make sure that you follow the operating agreement. Well, that brings up for me one of what I think is the more important and a lot of times the most difficult area to work through is that exit strategy, right? Yes. So what happens if you are not getting along with your fellow owners, right? Your the other members, what if somebody dies? What if someone's disabled? What if um, someone wants to quit? Can they quit? What if someone gets an offer to sell? Can they sell? Uh, you know, all of those issues. And then Trisha, you raise a really good point. A lot of people give away membership interests like candy. They're like, oh, it's only 1%. Oh, it's only 2%. And they don't realize the rights that these individuals have and that they can be along for the ride forever unless you have a provision in that agreement that allows you to buy them out or get rid of them somehow. So, um, you know, it's important that you work through the exits all the various exits that could happen and set out what happens in each situation. Right. And all of these things are, can be very individual, individualized for each company. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're really giving you the questions here, but we haven't given you a lot of answers because there are right. things that people need to think about. Right. I get that a lot. People just look at me and go, well, what should I do? What, what's, what does everybody else do? What's the right answer? And I'm like, it's whatever the right answer is for you. There is no one right answer. It's what do you two agree upon? What works for you? And then we'll make that work as long as it doesn't violate the law. Right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this great conversation about operating agreements tonight. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast of Three Bs on the Law. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast. We also welcome any comments. If you'd like to get in touch with us or suggest a future topic, you can email us at 3 T H R E E B's on the law at gmail.com. 
And because we're lawyers, we need to remind you that this podcast is not meant to provide you with legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.